Let's talk about happiness, specifically your happiness. Are you happy? If not, why do you think that is? For a lot of people who make things and share what they make online, myself included, we have a tendency to abdicate our happiness to the fickle whim of the mob. Not enough likes or hearts or even dollars can send us careening into a creative tailspin, questioning what we do and even who we are. If this sounds familiar to you, hopefully this conversation with John Wilkening will help you find your way back to making first and foremost for the joy of it and not simply for the return. It sounds it sounds lovely, <laughs> but it is I, it, it is really kind of strange to have you on the other end. You know, I, I feel like we have we have both. You know, there we had a rhythm for a while, and and then you know life life happens, and uh, mm-hmm. and so now when you when you jump back in, you're like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> it, it, it's like riding a bike, but like you're real wobbly at yeah, first. And yeah, you're like, yeah. I, I hope I don't veer into traffic or right. hit a stop sign or something like that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the last conversation was was pretty heady, right? I mean, it was, and, you know, a lot of our conversations are, but. But I was going to say, when's the last one we didn't have? A yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, you know, some of the stuff really came out of kind of left field. And and, uh, you know, I don't know how much you want to dive back into that or how much of that was for public consumption. But it was. It was fascinating. Uh, I'm I even I, took um, notes, John. Wow. That's, that's how interested I was. I took notes. Um, I'm I'm an open book. I don't. I like I don't. Okay. I don't have a. <laughs> well, let's let's dive into two things then, because there were two things that I wrote down that I've honestly I've been noodling on for the past what week and a half, a week since we since we talked about it. And mm-hmm. the the one thing was you said, and I wrote it down. Once you give an outside entity the power to make you happy, you have become a ship in the wind. So that that's yeah. sort of number one. And this was part of a, we were talking about owning your happiness, right? Like who, who owns our happiness? Do, do, do we own it or has that changed in the wake of social where we've given, we've given this sort of disembodied audience, we've given the mob permission to grant us and dole out sort of happiness to us, you know? So I wonder oh, yeah. if we could dive into some of that and, and sort of what prompted that for you, like where that came from, because you've made some pretty big realizations about not only your creative life, but personal life and, and, and how those things mix or don't mix lately. Yeah. It's the, the last sort of, if you want to say probably year and change mm-hmm. have been, have been rough because because I came out of finance going, oh, I'm not, I'm not a corporate guy. I'm an artist, and and I sort of attached p- 
part of my identity to be an artist. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to pretty much all our conversations recorded or not, that's basically me trying to figure out the sort of artistic path. And and to to be clear, it wasn't from from my perspective, it wasn't a, a I'm going to keep telling myself this until I believe it. You believed it straight away. It wasn't a fake oh. it until you make it kind of a kind of a deal, right? Yeah. And um and I don't think that's that is not true about me. Mm-hmm. But what a what I've sort of what I've been wrestling with is how much like I I don't feel I'm the the artist that has to create on a continual basis in order to almost like keep this mental health treadmill going. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes sense, um, is is I, it a difference between saying sort of this is this is what I am, not who I am. Is, is that a distinction that, that, that helps to make that make more sense? I, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, the, I, I heard an interesting conversation, like a side note, but I'll tie, tie this in. Uh, I heard a, I heard someone talking about how the thing about creative people is that they're so open that what marks creative people is they're open to ideas and experiences and new ways of thinking and doing which is both great but also has the the distinction that because they're so willing to go in so many directions that creative people often struggle with directions because they have a million options you don't say (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah there's not there's not one thing to go ahead. Right. And, and I think, you know, what marked the sort of the year, year and a half, this post finance world for me was that in some ways I put art, art and creativity in this box of artistic endeavors Mm -hmm. that in order to, to, to call myself creative, I have to be creating art. Are creating this, so there, there has to be sort of definable, recognizable product in order to claim that. Correct. Okay. Where I'm slowly realizing that, like, the thing that really lights me up is is taking a puzzle and solving that puzzle, almost regardless of what the subject matter is. Does it have to be yeah. a? And I've got my air quotes. A creative puzzle, or just a puzzle that you can sort of get to the bottom of and solve. I think it's more, it's more of a, the, the subject matter doesn't matter in relation to the puzzle Mm -hmm. and, and sort of what, you know, towards the, to that happiness part was that I tried to solve the like, making money with art for five years. Right. And you tried to, to be fair, you tried a bunch of different models to make that work. I mean, it wasn't just, I'm going to do this, this one way you, you really were sort of tacking and trying to, to course correct and, and analyze 
what worked, how it worked, why it worked. And on the other side, what didn't work, why it didn't work, how it didn't work and sort of course correct along the way. Correct. Yeah. And, and what, what end up happening is, is I then took the artistic sort of endeavors and I replaced the product or the, like the end result, mm-hmm. the object, I guess would probably be the best way to put it. The object, I replaced that as being the like thing that I was trying to do is create the best object. And it became, how do I create the best thing to make money? So did the money portion of that become directly not responsible, but did it maybe unfairly influence your happiness and what kind of happiness you were able to achieve? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, because, because then it became, I couldn't, I couldn't do like projects or make photographs just for the sake of making photographs because could you ever yeah like there there was definitely a point where i was taking pictures to to back to you know back to the thing to solve a puzzle right you know sort of if you want to say in the heyday of or the peak of me trying to go how would Ernst Haas take a photograph with a pinhole camera? Right, right. Peak pinhole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peak pinhole. <laughs> like that, that. That was like a problem. Right. Like it had a definable like thing, and I could I could work at it, and I could struggle at it, and I could really sink my teeth into it. Sure. And, and there was joy and, in it. I mean, we talked about it multiple times for for years mm-hmm. how much joy you got from from sort of wrestling that pinhole beast to the ground and 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 getting something new out of it yeah yeah no there's absolute absolute joy in that because mm-hmm. but then you know i quit a monetarily successful job at the bank partly because i needed to mentally but like right you know there's monetary sacrifices that were being made that weren't just affecting me. Sure. And the longer I continued down the path without any success. Monetary success, you mean? Monetary success. The more that became, like it became one of those things where I, I mentally felt I had to pay off the risk that my wife was taking yeah i hear you you know and so it became this situation where the more i pushed the more the more i felt the stakes were increasing Mm -hmm. and the and thus the more those things had to drive everything for like it became one of those things where you know I, i think i was talking to you the other the other time when you know i went out west and I had a very specific goal of wanted, what I wanted to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost and, shot for shot. I mean, almost like to, to that degree of detail, yeah? I, I could see the, 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 the book that I wanted to create out mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Before you even got there. Yeah, before yeah. I even got yeah, there. Yeah, sure. And, and I basically set myself up for failure because I was going on a trip that I had no real control of 
mm-hmm. because I was in a large party of family members who are going on vacation and I was just tagging along right. with this almost alternative motive. Yeah, sure. So it was one of those where it's like, you know, I can't get 12 people up at sunrise so I could get proper light. It has to be 11 o'clock when everyone is ready to go. Right. You know, it, it becomes, it becomes one of those things where because of the pressure I put on myself to get something out of this, I, I came in with an expectation. And so I then closed myself off to what the trip was, Mm -hmm. you know, that I couldn't, I couldn't just enjoy the trip for what the trip was. Right. And respond to the trip that I was taking. I kept on trying to force this other trip onto the trip we're taking. Sure. That makes sense. Do you feel like maybe, I don't know, regret's a strong word, but, but is there something in there of, uh, you missed out on a trip with miles that you'll almost never be able to take again because of time and circumstance and, and you had this other agenda that you had to, to try and work towards? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, uh, yes, because it, it, you know, would I done stuff differently? Yes. But we also had a blast. Right. Like it, it, it wasn't like we had a bad, bad sure, trip. Sure. You know, it was, it was well, one I of mean, those. He wasn't aware of this, this other, this <laughs> <No>. <laughs> other agenda. He was just like, Hey, I get to go somewhere I've never been with a ton of family members. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so and, and like, to be honest, I was probably like, I, yeah, he, I don't think from his perspective, the trip would have been any different mm-hmm. per se, you know? the beauty of a kid is they're just a long, you know, they, they haven't got to the point of expectations in their life. Right. Right. They're just happy <laughs> they, to be playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't need the trophy, man. They're just happy to be on the field. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, I think where, where I, I, I struggled was that, you know, they, they, there's a classic quote that, you know, expectations are the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that was where that, that sums up that trip. Right. You know, could could you make way. the case that that was maybe the turning point that sort of led you to where you are now, or, or at least maybe nudged you to where you are now? Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Yeah. Because it was one of those things where I was sort of setting up the, I was setting up everything that the, my, what I mentally had planned to be the next step in my sort of the monetary side of photography. Right. Was sort of all built on what I thought I could get out of this trip. Right. This, this was going to be your Americans. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to that extent, but yeah, you know, I yeah, don't but want to be. <laughs> a, a pivot point for the for, yeah. for what would come next. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, it it was one of those where I felt creatively stagnant with sort of the pinhole work mm-hmm. because I had solved that puzzle. Mm-hmm. 
And for you, did, did yeah, the, for me, did yes. the audience feel like you had solved it? I mean, did did you still have people wanting more or did that did the desire for the work trail off once you figured out or came to a realization that 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 you had solved that problem? It, I, be, I believe my does my interest in the work trailed off well before the audience interest mm-hmm. in my work has trailed off. And uh, a couple months ago, I was like, uh, you know, I was like, I felt guilty for not posting something on Instagram in a while. So I was just looking through archives and I found a photo that was that was good that I hadn't posted. And so I posted it and people were like, basically, the people response was like, oh, there's the work we're used to seeing from him. <laughs> you know, like, right. you know, and, and like, I appreciate all the all the comments and support like you know it's not <laughs> it's not like i fighting with my audience or anything like right. that but there was there was a response of like i was finally giving them something that like almost like an arrangement sure it, like this is what i had signed up to give them and i was finally giving them to it again right well um, it, is, it is an arrangement of sorts right i mean mm-hmm. it's you know we and i'm i'm guilty of this just as much as anyone is, is we, we say, here's what we, you can expect from us. Yeah. And then when we don't deliver that, there's that feeling of, wait a minute, but you said dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's so much content. There's so much in the way of photography, in the way of podcasts, in the way of, of, you know, anything that can be consumed on a device there's so much of that out there that that it doesn't take long i'm learning for people to go oh you're not going to give this you're not going to give me what we agreed on i'm going to go over here because they are yeah and and i th- i i almost think it's it's there's not even a malicious like that almost not at all except, yeah 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 it's 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 one of those things where People go, I like this. I'm going to follow this to get more of that. And it becomes almost like they, they get confused when you don't deliver. I mean, it, it'd be like going to McDonald's and then getting a Burger King sandwich. You're like, <laughs> yeah, wait, you're like, wait a minute. Hey. <laughs> you're like, wait a second. <laughs> you're like, I understand this is a burger. Right. <laughs> like I ordered a burger and I got a burger. Right. But this is not what I ordered. Right. And so, I mean, I struggle a lot with when I, when I become bored with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Well, it starts to feel and, like work, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, and the classic quote is I could be productive or destructive. Right. <laughs> you know, you pick the, you pick the option, right. you know? Um, and once I had solved the puzzle in that pinhole work, then it, it like, it was one of those things where it's like, I can't do this song and dance anymore. And then when the out West felt like it failed, mm-hmm. you know, I think I said this, last week where I think I tried to squeeze the art so hard to get the dollars out of it that I ended up squeezing the joy out of it too. Right. Right. And I think 
I think joy and sort of like wonder and all those positive mental emotions are the fuel for creative work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's a, we have a weird sort of messed up view of, of you have to be depressed to be creative and like all that. Right. And I don't buy it because in my experience, I've not met too many people who are in like, sorry, a downward spiral or depressed who are able to make work at the level that they are when they're inspired or sure they got that spark. And so like, yeah, I'm, I'm in this weird place where I'm have to try to figure out almost a new relationship with photography in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Is it still photography? I mean, do you, do you feel like there's another aspect of photography that, that will allow you to reclaim some of that joy? So it's, so it's effectively, it's, it's mm-hmm. bent, not broken. Yeah, I would, I think so. Because even though like I, I've, I'm, I've taken probably one picture in the last two months Hmm. and it was on my cell phone. Right. But I still think of photographs that I want to take. There's still like project ideas that are bouncing around my head, but like I almost just want to work on them for a while and just be like, here's this thing I, I spent some time on. I don't care what you think about it, but like here it here's just so there's some proof of it existing Mm -hmm. before whatever happens to me happens to me, you know, that type of, you know, are you able to do that and take away the, are you able to sort of recalibrate and remove the, the, the monetary part of it, the monetization part of it and just get back to that? making for the sake of making or or has has too much damage been done in that respect no i don't think so because i'm i've i've very much gotten to the point where it's like i'm no longer looking at it from the standpoint of this is going to be where i make money Mm -hmm. i'm looking at it from the standpoint of how can i create projects to say what i want to say right well, and, and there is that weird turning point, right? Where, where I like this, I like doing it and I'm, I've got a, a particular aptitude for it. Therefore I should be compensated for doing it. Yeah, no, very much so. And like, I will argue that there's photographs in my portfolio that are really good. And I, I completely agree. There, there's photographs in your portfolio in my house that are really good. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, like I don't, in some ways I don't, I don't suffer from like a, a weird view of like my work's not good. So I shouldn't be compensated with, with it. Mm -hmm. I look at from the standpoint of monetizing artistic work is such a weird game that it was one of those things where like, I tried to figure it out and I couldn't. Right. And you know, there's, you know, you never took it personally. And that's, that's what I respect. That's what I, and if I'm being completely honest, have a hard time understanding because I tend to take it very personally. How so? Well, I, I tend to take it. If you're not, you know, if I put out something for sale and you don't, 
buy it, that means you don't like it. And because there's a lot of me in it, you don't like me. Uh, got Okay. You know, I get that back to, to, you know, because it's personal, it's, it's, I take a personal offense that, that it's not being, you know, received or whatever. And it's, yeah. and it's different with the, like the podcasting versus the painting and the photography. And I had a friend point out the other day and I, I love him for it, Gareth. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he was like, you're, you're not a photographer, man. You're a guy with a camera who takes some good pictures. So just l- let it go and enjoy it for what it is. Uh how many times have I told you that? A lot. <laughs> a lot. And but you you know you're it's that classic thing. You're not ready to hear it until you're ready to hear it and yeah. Yeah. and you you have to you almost have to hit that that you have to hit the bottom. You know, what's it, the fight club? Uh it's only when you've lost everything that you can accomplish anything. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and it's I'm not making the case that I've lost everything. It's not that dramatic, but but making the real again it's that expectation that because i enjoy this and exhibit some semblance of aptitude i should be received as dot 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 mm-hmm. and and that's just well it's just not right is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh, and like sort of back to your the like initial question on sort of the root of happiness mm-hmm. you know i have found that there's a lot of people that use other things to fill the happiness void in their lives. And they use relationships, they use other people, they use substances, they use different things to drive that happiness. And it goes great until it doesn't. And and then it just falls apart because they have no control over the happiness that they're generating. And so like, I know for like one individual, they used relationships as a means to define their happiness. And so they would put themselves in really, they would basically do whatever they could to get in and be whoever they had to be to be in a relationship to make that relationship work quote unquote yeah 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 and it's one of those things where you're like it's like i know you and you hate doing this stuff right <laughs> like so they would know. be disingenuous to their own sort of self sense of self just to make the relationship work because that's what provided them with a Correct. sense of happiness whether that was a a true or a false sense of happiness. Yeah. 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 Wow. And, and, and so, and it's one, it's funny that, you know, that sort of the, the nice, the happy ending to the story is that through a very bad relationship, they've sort of come to terms with that and sort of realize that. And they are going through the process of figuring out exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. And trying to be the realest version of who they are. Mm-hmm. And then if a relationship happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like that sort of like, this is who I am, take it or leave it type thing. That you 
you know, that you need to get a healthy relationship. Well, I think we can do that with what we make. I think our relationship to what we make can can very easily become a bad relationship. Oh, 100%. It sometimes just takes a while. <laughs> speaking for a friend <laughs> to realize it and and go, "Oh. Okay. Okay." But I think I think you're right in that creating for the sake of creating just to see the work out in the world, not to see how many sort of clicks and likes and follows it has garnered mm-hmm. is is the healthiest approach and and the most authentic yeah and and i think i think you you mentioned early on in this conversation about how social media is you basically you're giving the mob access to your to pass judgment on the your creative endeavors mm-hmm. without actually earning the right to judge your work right and and like i think I think that's a like it it people have access to then just toss whatever they want at you without any sort of thought on how that is received and you it just basically plays mental havoc right you know and like I so the our our small our town does an arts festival every year and I bought a booth and set up and put all my work up there. And the amount of comments I got from people who were like, oh, I didn't know you could keep these blurry shots. <laughs> or I, I'm, I, it, look, this is oh. smart. If you just put a frame over what I usually delete, it becomes art. Like, right. You know, like, oh, I could do that. Like the... <laughs> Completely discounting the purpose and intent behind the work. 100%. And like without any sort of thought on how that would sound. Right. Would just, just yeah. walk Was into that my, my outside booth, voice? <laughs> just walk into my booth, lob that grenade in and just walk off. Right. To get a, you know. to get a churro or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and. And, and it was like, oh, this is social media in real life. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. This is the effect. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people are awesome on social media. And I've had I've made a lot of really good friends on social media. And but like it's one of those weird human nature things where you could have a hundred people say, tell them their work's the best thing they've ever seen. And one person go by and go, did a child make that? Right. And you're like, you're deflated. It'll, it'll spin <laughs> out so bad. <laughs> you go home and throw everything in the dumpster and you're like, yeah. screw this. Yeah. 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 You know, so yeah. So that, in, in light of all this, do you, sort of on the back of all of these realizations, do you think that you are closer to reclaiming your own happiness as it relates to making the work? Yeah. Cause I think once the combination of time, not creating stuff mm-hmm. and mentally disconnecting the, the end product 
and the, you know, monetary thing. Mm-hmm. That combination, I think, has been is slowly getting to the point where it's like, hey, I want to actually do something. Right. You almost had to yeah. let that that taste sort of completely dissipate before you try something either new or or even familiar. Yeah, and it's also like spending enough time to get it out of my system to stop looking at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. That I could just try to do this without any expectations. Right. You know? Are there, are there other problems that you are seeing that need solving within the realm of pinhole? Or is your photography about to change fairly dramatically in the wake of this? Do you have any sense of, of, of one or the other at this point? Um, it, my, my guess is that my pinhole career is probably over. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I think what, I, my pro, uh, I'll probably go into more like, and maybe like portraiture and that type of, but on like a big scale, mm-hmm. you know, I've always, I've always been, I've been messing around with the idea of giant cameras for a while. Right. And, and it's one of those things where the, I haven't solved that problem. Right. So it's always, it's been bouncing around in my head for Yeah, you know, I'm a sucker for those problems. Is, <laughs> is the problem with, with the giant camera work, is it a technical problem or is it an aesthetic problem or is it a combination of both? Does, does one serve and inform the other? And that's what makes it a little more difficult than, than maybe the pinhole work. Um, the, the problem is a couple fold. Um, because of the scale, the cost is higher than normal. Mm-hmm. And especially when, uh, when they're sort of not in a financial state to take risks that are not, that are not showing any sort of signs of monetary success. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you you know, can't, like, you can't go with like the, the Ian Reuter, you know, $500 every time you click the shutter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's though it it basically came down to where, you know, I, I had such little excess bandwidth monetarily mm-hmm. speaking that I couldn't just have like a, a creative problem to just putz around with. Right. You know, and then on top of it, because it's such a new avenue for me, I'm, I haven't taken a lot of portraits. Right. Like, you know, there's, it's a whole nother world getting into. Right. There's a lot and, of lab time ahead, you know, just, yeah. just, just sort of working through it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, like it becomes one of those things where there's, there's so many more problems to be solved to be able to not only execute it from just a pure get a photograph on the on a piece of paper or or glass or whatever it is but like then it becomes does the picture say what i want it to say Mm -hmm. you know like there's there's whole nother layers to those those questions sure you know is it possible to separate the two into 
Almost you, you diverge the paths and then bring them back together. So you, you, you solve the portraiture or at least embrace the portraiture and, and, and get yourself into that process on a smaller scale. And when you start to feel more comfortable with, with the mechanics of a relationship to a subject and, and the aesthetics of what you're trying to get, can you then merge that back with the larger format? So you're not experimenting at 20 by 24 or 20 by 30 at a time. Oh yeah. That's probably the smart way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Uh, we don't, we don't take the smart way when we do these things. Yeah. No. Uh, so someone said their autobiography should be, I take the long, stupid, hard route. Right. And I, I, I resonate with that. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. The, the, the companion volume to my own, which is, yeah. what, did you, what did you say? I, I may have overthought this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but like, it's one of those things where like, I, I almost look at it from the standpoint of, I don't, I want to shoot large format. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to, sh- I want to take the time and really you know, like, yeah, I've shot, you know, so many rolls of film in a day, but what does it look like when instead of uh, like, I'm deliberate and I've taken three exposures in a right. day, right? you know, like, and it's something you keep coming back to since I've known you, this, the, this fascination there, there's almost a pre-joy, <laughs> there's a pre-joy associated with it despite the fact that you haven't, you know, you're ankle deep, you know, you, yeah. you, you've got the big lenses, you've, you've, you've figured out the physics behind how you're going to be able to, to, to pull this off. It really is sort of that, that monetary component that is hindering the bulk of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And this may be entirely because I'm fascinated. Uh, like I've, Ian Ruther was such a big like catalyst in my own work. Sure. You know, it, it may be in large part because of that, but there's a wonder to having a giant object and then being able to like take a picture of, of, of someone and then pull this giant object out that they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And just that unrestrained sort of wonder that people get from that type of object. Because it's, you know, it's it's so outside of how people view photography in large part today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so different. And... And that's in some ways, I think, why, why it fascinates me in such a way. Because I'm taking, I'm taking this thing that we're so used to seeing on our smartphones. You know, Instagram's probably one of the most viewed things. You know, I don't, who knows how many images people see on a day-to-day basis. Sure. But holding a 20 by 24 portrait of themselves, you know that will probably impact them more in a single with a single frame than you know fill in the blank hours of scrolling through instagram sure sure i i mean i i think you're right and i think you see that in 
you know, some of the images and the and the the footage of like Chuck Close using the big Polaroid camera or or, you know, seeing Ian at work and seeing the reactions that people have to these giant, you know, four or five foot plates. It, it, it is something that we've never seen or m- haven't seen in person, maybe. And there is a sense of of awe and to use your words, a, a sense of wonder about that. Yeah. and. I think that's that's in part what good creative outputs are best at. You know, walking through um, Sally Mann's work mm-hmm. with you, the portrait gallery, mm-hmm. and like just just standing in front of some of those pieces. Yeah, they they have so much social context to them. Yeah, they're not just images. But at the same time, like, like, I don't, I, I, I struggle with just being, I struggle with people who could go through a display like that without any, you know, any sort of, I don't know. It doesn't make them stop let's right. put it that way. Right. You know? Yeah. There's uh-huh. almost a, you expect almost a, a respect or even on the, on the, on the far end, a reverence to the object itself. Yeah. So how does that relate to, are, are you, okay, I'm going to, this is from a space of love. <laughs> sure. <laughs> are you, are you unhappy in the wake of all of this or is, is the, is the possibility of it sort of rekindling that sense of joy for the creative process that started to go out with your trip out West? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no. Um it's something where like it's a process of me getting back into the headspace enough to be able to take get to the point where I I'm excited about making something that I haven't seen or created before. Mhm. And you know, I think part of that is with the with the time and space of not creating stuff, it just becomes one of those things where eventually I'm like, well, I got to do something. And I don't mean that from like a have to do something, but it just becomes cur- my own curiosity of what I can create and do sort of sparks up. Mm-hmm. It's been silent too long. You have you yeah, have to yeah, sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm a creative person for a reason Mm -hmm. and it's it's something where even if it doesn't always have to manifest in a creative output like i any it sort of any problem can be like can be approached creatively Mm -hmm. that having like it's something where those creative artistic uh, outputs are the most classic sure 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 you know (laughs) so but they're not the only potential solutions no yeah and so like you know right now i've been in some ways working on fixing the monetary situation in our lives through other outlets and that's been taking a lot of my time of recent but it's but it's also something where I know that that's not the only, that's not going to last forever. Right. But on some, on some level, it's got to give room 
I mean, having having getting that component sort of sorted in a different fashion, it seems like it's making room for you to fall back in love with the creative process without having to saddle it with a monetary return. A hundred percent agreed. You know, without having that pressure to create, the goal just becomes what's the coolest thing I could make. Mm-hmm. And what can I do would that would be best, like most get me excited. And so looking at how I can create that, that own sort of wonder and sort of spark that curiosity in me creatively, I think is the, is what drives me to create in the first place. Right. And I think, I mean, it goes to a whole other discussion, but I think creativity lives in those empty spaces and it lives in, it lives in parts when you're not trying to fill it, you know, it loves boredom. You know, it loves when it's, when it's been given too much space. Subscribe to Jeffrey Sedora's Everything in your favorite podcast app to get every episode of In Between, every iteration, every process driven, as well as special one-off conversations all in one feed. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeffrey Sedoris, that's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S, or on my website at jeffreysedoris.com. You can find John on Instagram at John Wilkening, that's J-O-N-W-I-L-K-E-N-I-N-G, or by visiting his website at johnwilkening.com. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you being here. I hope you enjoyed it. And I will talk to you on the next one.